Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve. And joining me is Superman's mortal enemy himself, Dwaylon Davis, as my co-host. What's up, Dwaylon? Hey, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, and I'm not just saying that because he's wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> and in case this is some trivia for Dwaylon, if y'all didn't already know, uh, his favorite superhero ever is Batman. Yep. Yep. So if you hear us doing a lot of Batman references, well, there's a reason why. <laughs> and today we're actually going to be talking about uh, NXT and some of the changes and in, in the direction it, it kind of looks like they may be heading or, or where we think they should be heading. Uh, but what we actually kind of think of the changes that they've made so far. Now, what do you think so far, uh, Joanna, with, with the, the 2.0? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I was just a fan of the black and gold. I don't like all the, it's too bright for me. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I get they're trying to go for that pop, but it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the black and gold just worked. I mean, it worked perfect. So I don't know why they felt the need to do all this. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And before we get started with that, there's actually, God, quite a bit of news in wrestling this week. In fact, while we were recording our interview with Matt Stockdale on Monday, which, by the way, that was a fantastic interview. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, Matt, he is an amazing person. That's one of the things we had never really, uh, we had never met the guy before. He's a friend of a friend. And uh we are i think i'm we're pretty blessed now to know him because i mean he, he yes oh man some of the stuff he's done and just a down-to-earth humble guy and um i'm really hoping the best you know for him and his career because super nice guy great interview uh but while we were talking about that there was some pretty good stuff going on on raw for once raw actually was a positive show and we missed it yeah yeah i went back and watched the the highlights on youtube um and from what I saw, it was, you know, it was better show than it has been, especially the, the main event and what happened, you know, the aftermath of the main event. And I knew something was up because I saw you had, I think, posted on Facebook something about Big E. And I was like, huh? What? And I had to go look. I was like, huh? Yeah. How about that? Big E's a champion. Yep. Big E's the WWE champion. He's the, uh, Second member of New Day to win the WWE title. Um, fourth fourth black man in history to be the WWE champion. I mean, so that was, you know, a lot of history made there. And just Big E's just from everything that I've seen on, I follow him on Twitter. Everything I've seen other wrestlers say about him, he's just a good person. He's a, a good guy. He's a, he works hard and he just in my opinion he is more than deserving to be the wwe champion he has he has everything that you look for to represent your company yes and one of the first things he tweeted was a picture and it had um brody lee john Hughes standing behind him kind of you know, because yeah. they were good friends. Of course, yeah. From the sides of something like John Huber was good friends with everybody. Yeah. You know, I, so, I've, I've never I've never seen or heard anybody say a bad thing about Brody. Yeah. And for Big E to kind of give that, you know, tribute to him too. He said yeah. basically, you know, this is for you as well, bud. 
you know. Did you I'm, see all the Did you see all the outpouring on Twitter when Biggie won? Like, I haven't. Twitter was just flooded I'll have, with. I'll have I mean, look. this was not just fans. This was wrestlers in yeah. WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, just all over the place. Everybody was just showing respect to Big E. And I like the fact that he is him and, you know, and Xavier and Kofi have that brotherhood, like off camera, they have that brotherhood. And you can tell that whenever one of them succeeds, they all succeed. And that's how it should be. Yes. You know, push each other, you know, especially if you're a team like that, because one goes up, it's going to lift everybody. Mm -hmm. And the, I really hope they don't – it would be a good storyline, except for I don't want it to be them, uh, where Xavier is the only one now who has not won the world title. Yeah, I was thinking of that too. I, I, I really don't want them to have him be bitter and turn on everybody else, turn on the other two. Just leave it like it is. Just it's – especially with Big E being champion, have – Xavier and Kofi win the tag titles back. And then there's your Survivor Series feud with the bloodline. Yes. There it yes, is. Yes, yes. And we can almost see that coming a mile away. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, now Survivor Series obviously is not this month, but it's in a you know in, in November. And yeah. You know, so they got they have some time you to know, build up to it. Build up to it. Right. As soon as they get that October pay-per-view out of the way they're going to start building to Survivor Series and they do the brand warfare thing every year. So there's your, you know, there's your world title, you know, brand warfare, you know, Big E versus Roman. I got to admit, I do like how they do the brand warfare uh, because of Survivor Series, you know, team against team against team. Yeah. And having the the two brands, and really three brands, but it's kind of hard, well, especially with NXT, like we're we're going to discuss tonight. It's, because they're growing smaller, and so it's going to be kind of hard to get them in the mix. But maybe they can somehow. Well, they took them out. They not in in twenty nineteen. They were like the focus of Survivor mm-hmm. Series. They even had you know Shayna Baszler won the women's match. Uh, NXT basically won Survivor Series. But then last year, they didn't. Vince McMahon didn't want NXT involved. He just wanted Raw versus SmackDown. So NXT was just a non-factor, which made no sense because really that's your most talented roster was NXT and they get left off. Which the sad thing is with them being the development mm-hmm. uh, brand, um, for them to have the most talent, okay, what's going on with your main, your main rosters? Yes. You know, so... But we'll get into that and a lot of other things about NXT. But first, I want to give our contact and listen info. If you'd like to contact us for, like, just show, show suggestions, give us some feedback, just say hi. You can email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. And we are also on Instagram at armchairbooking. We're on Twitter at bookingarmchair. And we're also on YouTube. And if you want to listen to our audio file, and this is one of the things I'm also finding out, Dwayland, is I, I, it would take me forever to list every platform we are, we are on because I am finding a lot of them. Really? Yes. I found even more today. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And, <laughs> you know, so basically go to whichever platform you use 
to listen to podcasts and just do a search for Armchair Bookie Podcast and you should find us. If you can't, then email us at armchairbookiepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, if you, you might be listening to this on somebody else's and so uh, just ask them what they listen to it on. Because right. I've had, yeah, I've sent the link to people and I ask them, hey, what do you use? Oh, I use Spotify. Boom, I'll send them to Spotify. Like, oh, I use Apple Podcasts. Boom, I'll send Apple, Apple Podcast link. Yeah, so I'm good with whatever. They want to do Stitcher. Boom, I'll send that link to them. You know, so it's all working out. And one of the things also before we get started, I received in the mail this week and I wasn't sure if it was a hoax or not because I got hit up on Instagram on the, the podcast Instagram account, not my personal one, by the Arn Anderson, his show, uh, their, that the show's account on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And they sent me a message saying, congratulations, you've won an autographed picture of Nicola Roberts, also known as Baby Dog, Perfect 10. I was like, so I went over to Twitter and I sent a, a, a DM to Conrad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I took a screenshot. I was like, hey, is this legit? Because I'm hoping that somebody hasn't hacked their page. Right. And he emailed or you know, I DM the email back and said, yep, it's legit. Congratulations. I'm like, all right. So I went over there and gave him my address. And in fact, I had to give him my address twice because the first time I gave the wrong zip code. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like the most important thing you need to have. You can put yeah. it in a different town, but you know, but the zip code is right. They'll still get it to where it needs to go. Yep. And yeah, and then a couple of days ago, I received in the mail an autographed picture of Nicola Roberts. And I was like, that is cool. So I actually, like you saw, I posted on Twitter. I posted it on, on Facebook. Did I post on Instagram? Yeah, I did. I posted on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. But I got the most reactions off of Twitter, even though I did get a lot, of, a lot on Facebook as well. Um, but I posted that on Facebook. I posted it on my personal Facebook. But with the Twitter, I had a lot of people, even Nicola Roberts herself commented on it. And I've actually reached out to her to see if she might be able to come on the show. She hasn't responded yet, but you know, hopefully that'd be, that'd be kind of cool if we could actually get yeah, her on the show. Cool. Yep. Because she said, I'll oh, thank you, you know, thank you for remembering me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I was all about the mid Atlantic wrestling and the full horsemen and, and, yeah. um, and one of the people who actually commented the same thing on the picture on Facebook he said, hey, I used to love the Full Horsemen, even though I like the good guys like Magnum and Sting, you know, I like them better. That guy, he's a he's an Air Force chaplain. <laughs> so, yeah, and he grew up on the coast of North Carolina. So, I mean, he uh, yeah. he knows all about it. But, yeah, he's a he's an Air Force chaplain. Uh, he actually finished his doctorate in theology a couple years ago. So, so he's also a, a doctor. Right. You know, so, but he also loves the wrestling and that's cool with me. <laughs> so, uh, and, and he and I actually met, we were deployed together. It's, you know, it's as we've been friends ever since then, mm -hmm. um, but you know, to have her on the show, that'd be really cool. So if anybody knows her, please ask her if she would love to come on the show because we'd love to have her because I think it'd be a, a great interview. So Jalen NXT. Oh, wow. Wow. All the changes this week between them going from cactus Jack to dude love colors. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a great analogy. I never thought uh, of that. Absolutely. Uh, I got absolutely. I to admit, I did steal it because somebody actually put that on Mick Foley's page and he, <laughs> he posted it. I wish I'd have come up with it because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's perfect. You know, it's Cactus Jack to, to do love. 
uh, what is your, your initial reaction to it? Just my much? initial reaction is from what I saw of the show last night. I didn't. I didn't see everything, but from what I saw, I mean, they're pushing a lot of young talent, which you know is the smart thing to do. There's there you can tell there's some talented people, uh, but then there's also some people that like there was a guy okay Kyle O'Reilly got taken out last night he was in the fatal supposed to be in the fatal four-way with Champa, Pete Dunn and um uh LA Knight went okay. blank for a minute and Kyle O'Reilly was supposed to be the fourth and that, that was to crown a new NXT champion since Samoa Joe had to relinquish the title so in a backstage um segment Pete Dunn and um, guy he's with, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but they jumped Kyle O'Reilly and um, took him out. So then there was a new guy named Vaughn Wagner. And let me look real quick because Vaughn Wagner is a, I believe he is a second generation wrestler. I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. Okay. Um, he's the son of Wayne Bloom. Yes. Yep. Um, so he was put in um, Kyle O'Reilly's place. Like, first time being on television. That was his first, that was his, like, TV debut was last night. And he gets put in the, you know, the title match. <laughs> I don't really agree with that. I don't really agree with that and nothing against him, but I don't feel like somebody who's debuting on television should be in the, main event much less wrestling for the championship exactly i agree and the guy the guy you could tell there's potential there guy's got talent but he's also green and there was a few spots that he just kind of blew and it's like you can't have it both ways i feel like that they want to go to a true developmental system and push all the younger talent which that is fine but then you still have this top tier talent in the main event scene. And it's not fair to Wagner to drop him in there with Dunn, Champa, and uh, LA Knight, who LA Knight has, is a former world champion in Impact. This is, you know, of course, Tommaso Champa won. And now he's a two time NXT champion. Pete Dunn has won championships all over the world, he's a former tag champion in NXT. Uh, former United Kingdom champion, uh, just excellent, excellent wrestler. And I feel like it did, I feel like it did a disservice to Von Wagner to drop, just drop him in there. It'd been different if they were, if he was on the main roster working the house show loops with guys like that and he's getting right. that experience. But to have no experience like that and just get him dropped in there, I don't feel that that was fair to him. But I think he was put in that main event because Vince McMahon has already said that he's a future WrestleMania main event. So apparently he likes he likes the guy's look because I feel like that's what the new Vince McMahon version of NXT is going to be about. It's not going to it's going to focus more on the aesthetic than it is on the in-ring work, which mm. that is that that approach has failed WWE in the past. Yes, and going for size over skill, 
it it's bitten in the butt before. Uh, I mean, going all the way back even to something like a WrestleMania three, because yeah. course, the main event for WrestleMania three, I mean, was Hulk, Hulk and Andre because that right. was a match everybody wanted to see. But we all know what the best match on the card was. Absolutely, it was Savage yeah. and Steamboat. Exactly. I mean, in fact, that it, if this says something. Here we are, thirty-five years later, and that match is still. And usually, if you ask somebody a top 10 matches, not just WrestleMania matches, but top 10 matches, that match a lot of times is in that uh, talk as well. Even that yeah. with people who weren't even alive back then. Yeah, I was talking to a friend at work and we were talking about, you know, what are some of the best matches that you've ever seen? And of course, the Steamboats, the Steamboat Flare trilogy mm-hmm. still. I've had I've had friends tell me that it was too slow paced and just all that. It it is to me it is still an amazing example of professional wrestling done right. The psychology and everything. Psychology, in ring character work, everything was just perfect. The steamboat the steamboat flare trilogy, Savage and Steamboat from WrestleMania, uh, Bret Hart. And Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam. Yeah. It's just matches like that will stand will always stand the test of time. And you look at a lot of those matches. Steamboat was not a huge guy. Savage was not a huge guy. I mean, he was in great shape, but yeah, he they, was were, not, they were both body guys, but not yeah, they were, muscle, yeah, super muscle. Exactly. Bad. Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. They were all in tremendous shape, but they were smaller guys. And that to have this attitude, and Vince has always had this attitude to where if you're not six foot six and 320 pounds and look like you were carved out of stone, then you're not a main event guy. And I just feel like with the way, I feel like Vince is just not paying attention to how the wrestling world is now because there are no technically world heavyweight champions anymore because it's just a world champion. And you could be 400 pounds, you could be 200 pounds. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're not as believable as a main event guy because you're smaller. Shawn Michaels was six feet tall and 220 pounds. And not just because he's my favorite, but he's in that list of one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. Mm -hmm. And he was a smaller guy. So Bret Hart was a smaller guy. It's just, I feel like we're, I feel like instead of moving forward, trying to, you know, build WWE to the future with the younger talent, I feel like we're about to head back to 2010 when we've got the Mason Ryans and guys like that, which no offense to any of those guys that wrestled then, but they were all, it was all looks. It was, as Jim Ross has said before, it was all show and no go. Yep. And another example, and he wasn't a, he didn't start out as a Vince McMahon creation, but uh, Paul White, when he first started wrestling. And remember in WCW, speaking of uh, somebody wrestling for a title their very first match, his very first match, he won the WCW world, world title. And... He well, I'd seen him wrestle a couple times on TV in Japan. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I was stationed over there, and he was doing some amazing stuff for a big man. Yes, 
and they actually told him to stop. They're like, you're a big man. It's not, unless you're, you know, we can't have you doing these same moves as the smaller guys, because that is their, you know, their move set, not yours. And yes, it is kind of cool. This is pretty impressive that you can do that. But unless you're going against another big man who can do that, it's not going to make for a good match, unfortunately, because it's going to be it's just supposed to be like the might and the brawn against the high flyer. Well, you're the might and the brawn doing the high and flying. So why are they going? Why would they watch them? And I mean, so, I disagree, but I mean, oh, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. it was um, he was fun to watch, but he wasn't learning a whole lot, and his skills weren't improving in WCW and then he went to WWF and yeah. they discovered real quick, this man's been in the business three, four years already. And yet he's still, he's still green. green. Yeah. So, and not of that, but dudes gaining weight, you know, like it's his second job. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. so they sent him to OVW. They're like, you're going to go down there and lose weight and you're going to, you actually learn and you're going to train. And I think Cornette, he was still running over UW at the time. Wasn't yeah. he? Mm -hmm. So, and Cornette, I mean, um, love him or hate him. You got to respect what he does for the business because he loves the wrestling business and he yeah. was going to make sure the man got trained correctly. And he came back and now he is, um, he is more or less a legend. I mean, he really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, you know, and now, God, he's been in this 25 years now. It's hard to, it's hard to believe. <laughs> But with NXT doing that with Von Wagner, which I'm still kind of, I don't know what to think about that name. Just, I don't like the name. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to my opinion on the names too, because uh, yeah, there was three debuts last night. Or, yeah, yeah, Tuesday night, and all three were second generation. And one of those is a little controversial because you know you sent me that link earlier today. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But. The way I'm looking at NXT, okay, Vince Man, I think he's almost hit the point where he's playing on tilt. And for those, you know, who don't gamble, you know, it, it's when you don't, you're the, the, the person at the table with the least amount of money, you're playing in like a, a Texas Hold'em tournament, and all of a sudden you're playing on tilt means you're, if you lose one more hand, you're out. And so you're just going all in every single hand trying to build it up, you know, right. hoping to get lucky. And I, I feel that's what McMahon's doing right now. And yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And because AEW, he can't ignore it. Like we discussed, I mean, we believe AEW has tilted the power balance in favor of them. Yep. Now, it's not 100% in favor, but it is in that direction now. It's on that, that half of the pie, if you want to say that. Yeah. And with them, with, all the changes they're making to NXT, and like you said, this is a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There was nothing wrong with what they were doing before. Um, and I, I don't, I, this is a reaction mm -hmm. to a lot of things. And it, it, it sometimes it almost feels like Vince is trying to sabotage his own product so he can sell it for a cheaper price. But I mean that's a, that's a pretty hard accusation to make on somebody. So I'm not I'm not actually coming out and saying that. I'm just saying there's a lot of appearances. But why would they take what a lot of people are considering to be their best brand out of the three, mm -hmm. and it's doing better than the other two, and then change it to match the other two instead of saying, "All right, let's take this formula, but and and have the other two match it." 
but that's also kind of a hard one because it's their developmental system and it's the better of the three. And yeah, yeah. And uh, I, man, I feel yeah. like that has always, and I, this is just my opinion. Obviously, I don't know for sure. I'm not in Vince McMahon's head, but I feel like that he's always kind of resented the fact that, you know, because in his mind, he's the greatest promoter in the history of pro wrestling. It's like in his mind, he turns everything he touches turns to gold. We all know better. We all know that's not true. But for Vince McMahon, in his mind, he knows best. So for his son-in-law to take NXT from the terrible game show stuff that they were doing in 2010, like the first, you know, three or four seasons, NXT was just terrible. They had they had like one match per show and the rest of it was like goofy skits and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, fans would, would vote and who was leaving and who was staying and all this kind of stuff. And it didn't do anybody any good at all. The only person that ended up coming out of NXT and ended up really succeeding was Daniel Bryan. And this was that, after he was in Ring of Honor? Yes. Yeah, that was after he was in Ring of Honor. He signed with WWE and was in NXT for those first few rough years. That's when NXT transitioned from Florida Championship Wrestling to NXT. Then about 2014, they started with what everybody considers the like golden era of NXT, where you started having the takeover specials and you started having, they started hiring a lot of the indie talent. And then they did build some of their own, you know, homegrown talent, but they brought in a lot more of the indie talent and that, you know, the talent level went up. So the match quality went up at the same time. And there was, there's so many, anybody who's never watched any NXT between 2014 and last night needs to go back and watch just you could go back and watch takeovers and see some of the absolute best wrestling you're ever going to see and to take it from from that consistently the best product that they produced week in and week out and to take it from that and just gut it like they have i mean they've gutted talent they've gutted production crew they're running on a skeleton crew right now because they've thinned the production crew so much that they're running on the skeleton crew for the production. They gutted all the experienced talent that they had to bring in new people. And I just don't understand that logic because if you don't have any experienced talent, who teaches them in the ring? I mean, you can teach, you've got, and of course you have amazing talent backstage. You have Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, Samoa Joe, you have absolute legends in this business behind the state, behind the scenes who can mentor these people. But once bell time comes, a young guy like Von Wagner, take him, needs an experienced talent across the ring from him to work with him and guide him through a match. You can't just drop these young guys in here and expect them to go. You could do that with indie guys like Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, guys like that. 
Tommaso Ciampa. Those guys have worked all over the world. You can drop them in there on, a, on their first night on TV and they're going to work. But a young guy like Wagner, and I, I, I don't want people to think that I'm picking on him. It's just he was in the main event last night. So he's the one that, you know, he's the one that I saw because I watched that match. So he's the, the newer guy that I saw. And I just don't think it's doing him any favors. I think he needs time. And so do the other younger people. I feel like they need time to develop. And I feel like the performance center should be that developmental. You've got the facility right there. Then they could move up to NXT and then move up to Raw and SmackDown. It's you have WWE has their own territory. They have their own territory system and they just don't realize they have it. Yeah, because Vince, well, Vince may not want to admit that it's a territory system, which I think, I mean, my, I personally believe, and this is actually a subject for a show in the future. I, uh, I also think the territory system being taken down actually hurt the business. In, well, it's hurt the business now. It may have at the time, yes, the business overall did grow because the WWF got that big. However, it left a lot of a lot of things that you didn't really see the the ramifications of it until years later, because now in these local systems, you know, like what you had in the Mid Atlantic, what you had down in Memphis, what you had, right. you know, in Atlanta at the time, because um, because Mid Atlantic was based out of Charlotte, and Atlanta had their own, then Tampa had their own, Pensacola had their own. Of course, you had Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, all three of them um, had their own. In fact, I think Amarillo, all because Texas is so big. Yeah, they had four different territories just in Texas. And then, of course, then right. the and they could train local guys and girls. They could train them and start them out there. Sometimes it's enhancement talent because you remember some of the guys we've seen um, when we saw later on that were pretty big stars. We remember seeing them as enhancement talents somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, Mick Foley started out as an enhancement talent. Yes. Look, look where he ended up. I mean, you, you, everybody has to start at the bottom. You can't just automatically come in and be at the top of the industry. You've got to start at the bottom. You've got to learn. Right. And every once in a great while on, on Raw or SmackDown, they'll have an enhancement squash match with some local guy or girl because when they, because they're trying to build a monster like yeah. Ron Strowman or Nia Jax. They did this with right. both of them. They yeah. brought in local wherever they were at. They brought in a local person and got, got them squashed. Well, that person that was enhancement talent there. Some no name at the time. There were no name, and yeah. the, but that's how that person learned. You have to learn by taking your bumps. You have to learn by staring at the ceiling for a three count every night. And yeah. they don't they don't have that now. So because when they start, like you said, even last night, you got to start right in the main event. Yeah. I mean, even with having no enhancement matches, so when they when they get put in a match, they're going to be put in a main event type match or a right. mid card. Yeah, you know what you would see in a pay per view type match, and they're not learning as much. Yeah, I mean, no. yeah, because they start out, you should be losing probably ninety percent of your matches there for a long time, and then gradually move it to where all of a sudden now you're winning your matches because you've kind of earned your dues. Right. And with NXT right now, 
with with Triple H, of course, you know he's away because he's in the hospital now. Vince right. and Bruce have taken over, and I don't know if that was already in the works. I mean, that's hard to say. It may just all be just timing. And then when Triple H went in the hospital, it's like, well, he's going to be out for a while. Let's we need to go do something. And then did they immediately change the colors? I mean, that's a I don't know. They I know it was pretty quick that. You know, they changed the color. I'm not exactly sure how, you know, how the time frame worked, but I know it did not get a good response when Smack, when they uh, showed it to, at the garden. Uh, right. Smackdown. It, if it seemed like just about everybody in that crowd was booing it when they, when they showed the little NXT 2.0 little video package of, you know, the changes and, People are just wrestling fans will, I know speaking for myself, we put up with a lot as wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. We put up with poor booking. We put up with certain talent getting pushed to the moon at the expense of other talent who we feel that are more deserving. We, you know, we put up with, you know, in a way the fans, us as fans have to put up with the politics of pro wrestling, but you can't just automatically change from, Oh, we've been doing this for seven years. We've been, you know, building this, this black and gold brand, building it into, you know, the cream of the crop, so to speak. And then all of a sudden, Oh, well, all that's thrown away. And we're going to start with this bright technicolor, thing that they're doing and i mean i like the stage i like how the the tron is behind them when they come out and stuff but like i said it's just it's just way too bright for me i mean it may grow on me i don't know but just my initial reaction is i'm not really a fan of that cosmetic change because i don't feel like there was anything wrong with how it was before right because nxt didn't need the change raw and smackdown no. needed the changes and not yes. just not just aesthetics i mean they yeah. needed to change how they're doing things and raw yeah. raw looked like okay maybe yeah. you know this past raw I mean, it's promising smackdown we'll have to see you know because now big e's not on smackdown now he's on yeah. raw and he was one of the main reasons i actually liked watching smackdown well now he's not there yeah, yeah. smackdown is like two different shows it's like you have like that first hour you've just kind of got filler stuff and it's like smackdown really kicks in in that second hour and you get your your quality matches and your championship stuff and you get roman roman is why i watch smackdown because he's he's just amazing everything he's doing is just fantastic and but NXT was always good from top to bottom. Even, even a filler match with somebody you're not too familiar with, they always gave you a good match because at the end of the day, Arn Anderson used to say this in Horseman promos all the time. It says wrestling on the marquee. That's what we pay for. That's what we want to see. But, you know, I don't have an issue with comedy in wrestling. I feel like sometimes you kind of need that little comedy relief to kind of right. You need that, you need that levity. We get a yeah, 
you need some levity because you get that we we get emotionally invested in these mm-hmm. matches and we you kind of need that to just breathe for a minute but everything it there doesn't need to be a comedy skit every 15 minutes when you're supposed to be producing a wrestling show and exactly. i feel like that's where they've gotten plus like you've always said the 20 minute promo to begin the show and then another 20 minute promo at the top of the hour and then oh well here's our main event but this company over here hit a big rating so we're going to scrap all that we're the match we said we were going to give you we're going to scrap that so that we can do a knee-jerk reaction because that's why the championship that's why the wwe title match was on raw and they pulled it from the pay-per-view because it was supposed to be at extreme rules they pull it and put it on raw because they were trying to beat Monday Night Football, they may as well stop. They're not going to beat Monday Night Football. They They're, have never beat Monday Night Football. They never have, and they never will. Monday Night Football has a legendary audience. These people have watched it since they were children. You're not going to beat Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Plus, AEW did a great rating on Dynamite last Wednesday. So... Oh, let's pull this off the pay-per-view, which was the match that was selling your entire pay-per-view. So we're going to pull that and put it on Raw to pop a rating. So now you've got, what, a week, maybe two, to build another WWE title match for Extreme Rules? Because Orton's gotten beat. You, You built this up with Lashley and Orton. From what I understand, they had a fantastic match on Raw, and I need to go back and check it out. I just caught the I caught the end, and then Big E cashing in. Cashing in, yep. But you don't pull a match off the pay-per-view to pop a rating on TV. Especially, to me, in this day and age, what do ratings really matter when everything is, when everything is streaming? What do ratings really matter? Uh, especially when, when Especially when your direct competition is not even on the same night as you. I could see if Dynamite was on Monday night like Nitro used to be. Then I could see there being a ratings war. But you're on Monday. They're on uh, Wednesday. And then even their second show comes on after your show on Friday. So there's no overlap at all. People aren't having to switch back and forth like we had to back in the day. Uh, we, the, we had to basically flip a coin and decide which show we're we going to watch and which yeah. one are we going to record. And, you know, uh, the but now thing, it's like with the way technology is, you can watch it all. Well, advertising, that's the reason, that's really the only reason they'll, they'll have to keep the ratings because even if, um, even if they didn't have any competition, like WWE really didn't have any competition there for a few years, you know, no. TNA was, was still in its infancy yep. and, and TNA really never got, it didn't even come close to the level of what AEW is now. And AEW started at that. Yeah. I mean, and that's the even more, that's the even wilder part, but they still need to have some kind of rating. They still need to know how many people are watching because of advertisers, because if nobody's watching your show, you're not yeah. going to get anybody to pay to have their product advertised. But the um, thing is, it's like, and I get that, but the thing is, it's like, 
WWE is always going to have that loyal fan base. They're always going to have people that watch. I mean, we watch, mm-hmm. even though we critique critique the product, and you know, but we still watch. We have since we were children. You have they have that fan base of people that have grown up with pro wrestling, and they're going to continue to watch. The little kids are going to continue to watch. So. I don't. I just don't understand this logic of we've got to pop this rating over here, but we're going to sacrifice this show over here because now you've got a week and a half, two weeks to build to a championship match. Luckily, you just have it built in. I'm sure Lashley's going to get his rematch mm-hmm. against Biggie at the pay per view. I'm fine with that because I think those two can put on a good match, but you can't. You should not. I still feel like they live and die by the card subject to change tagline they like to put on stuff. And it's like, you can't advertise this for weeks and then on a whim, completely change it and then expect people to still tune in. Talk to the people who were in WCW right before it. Exactly. WCW did it just about every week. Mm -hmm. They would, they would advertise a match or advertise a pay-per-view and then they'd rewrite the show. They, they would do what Vince McMahon has been doing for years. They would rewrite the script for the show day of. So nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what their cues were, where they were supposed to be, anything like that. And I'm, I'm afraid NXT is going to get to that point because from what I've, what I've read, uh, a lot of talent backstage in NXT are worried about where the brand is headed because you know they were on an upward trend and they were building up and now a lot of people they've worked with are gone and there's a lot of uncertainty and like right now they're trying to go the younger route Tommaso Ciampa with Samoa Joe being out I believe Tommaso Ciampa is the oldest person on that active roster he's 36 probably yep I can see that yeah and Tommaso Ciampa, a lot of people, if they don't watch NXT, they won't even know even know anything about him because I mean he is yep. extremely talented. He's easily yep. with, with, with Joe being out. I mean Tommaso Ciampa, he is the man. And so that's one thing they did right the other night was they put the title back on him. Yes, because now he is the face of NXT, and he had, really he has been at least one of the faces for a very yeah. long time. Yeah, he's been on like on the if there was a Mount Rushmore for NXT, it would be Ciampa. Gargano, yep, r- really. Uh, Adam Cole, and I'm, try- and I'm trying to think who else maybe would be Finn, on. Finn Balor, maybe. Probably Finn Balor, yeah. Yep. But that, um, yeah. But it's like, fine. Train your young people. Get them, you know, get them going. But there's there's a way to do that without just throwing them in the deep end and seeing if they can swim. Exactly. Because then if they fail, Vince is not going to take any responsibility. Bruce Pritchard's not going to take any responsibility for them failing. All that's going to roll down to Triple H, and then Triple H is going to have to be the one to either reprimand them or cut them loose. So you've got this person that is just thrown into the fire with no experience, and then, oh, but I failed. And it's all my fault because I didn't do good in that spot. And here's actually something, and you may have mentioned earlier, 
and I know we've mentioned on past shows, uh, like within the past couple weeks, WWE just came out and said they are no longer, or at least for the time being anyway, I have a feeling they're, they're going to change this because they're not going to have any choice. They're not accepting anyone who's been in any of the other indies. Yeah. But, you know, like if they've been they're in the bottom, get it. Yep, they're not going to be scouting any indie talent. Now, they said the exception could be made if there's just somebody really on the radar that everybody is just talking about, except that is generally every indie wrestler that, come, that comes out because <laughs> the independent scene is the independent scene is where it's at. I get you have WWE, you have AEW, things like that, but there's so much tremendous talent on the independent scene that does not get enough credit and like we were talking about territories that's your territory the independent scene is what the old school territories used to be because they have the freedom to go from place to place they're not tied down to one single company or promoter they can go here they can go everywhere and they can learn from everywhere that they go and that's that's how it should be i feel that's that's what's good about AEW having those open relationships with impact and with AAA and with new japan people can people have other places to learn they're not just in this bubble like wwe talent is where is the only way to wrestle because that's how they are like any indie talent that comes in they have to go through a little training at the, the performance center to learn the wwe way of wrestling that's, Which, that tells you the problem right there when it's like, yeah. oh, we have our own way of wrestling and you have to learn our way, even though you're a world-traveled talent that has learned from some of the greats of all time. And I can see if they say, okay, we got to make sure we have the, we got to make sure we have the chemistry with people, yeah. with your style, how, how does it meld? We got to make sure, we, okay, we got to figure out where to fit it in, not, okay, we got to figure out how to change you Friars, yes. because one of the things about wrestling, you don't want every single person doing the same thing. No, you don't want cookie cutter. Exactly. And that's what they're, it almost seems like they're tr definitely set themselves up for failure because they're going to end up having all these people come in straight off the street. Okay. I'm going to be training in NXT. And then they're going to train in NXT. They're going to learn the NXT way. And then eventually, and this is, I'm pretty sure, in their mindset, they're going to move up to the main roster. Well, if they're not accepting people from any other companies into NXT, well, they accept them straight to the main roster from another company. Because, like you're pointing out, they're not going to have the veterans to, to teach them after a while in NXT unless they have some people like a Tommaso Ciampa who's stayed in NXT forever. Yeah. You know, so he's really, he's, he's he kind of like, main roster. Right. I mean, he's kind of like Kevin Costner in Bull Durham. Yeah. You know, he's been in the minor leagues forever. And he's the guy they always bring in to help train the younger guys. Then they cut him loose again. And he said he made it to the to the show for, what, like 10 days one time? Best 10 days yeah. of his life or something like that. But yeah. that's what Tomasa Champa kind of reminds me of. But uh, but he he's doing that on purpose. He does not want to go to the main roster because he's like, I like my role that I'm in now. And yeah. he's, doing, he's doing very well in it. He's well-respected for it. But they're eventually they're going to lose that because eventually yeah. he's going to say, you know what? I'm out of here. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, he's 36 years old. I mean, he has, you know, he still has a lot of time left to wrestle. 
everybody gets old. Everybody mm -hmm. has a step. Every wrestler has a step away eventually. What happens when the experienced talent step away and all you have is the young people who haven't gained enough experience from the from the people that they should have? Like, what are you going to do when you just have two shows full of young people with limited experience? Because you've just shown them the WWE way to wrestle, which is everybody wrestle like everybody else. I mean, Daniel Bryan had to learn, uh, was told he had to learn the WWE way. And this is a man who has wrestled, he has tagged with and wrestled against Jushin Thunder Liger mm. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You're going to oh. tell me this, this man needed to learn how to wrestle? Mm. So many comparisons I can make to a whole lot of stuff, but I'm just, there's so many just running through my mind right now. <laughs> Uh, here's kind of a weird, weird analogy. And this is, this one actually popped in my mind. One of my, when I was actually, uh, when I was stationed in Dayton, the unit I was in, we played a lot of racquetball and mm -hmm. I don't remember who was first started, but I mean, we all got to learn racquetball and, uh, that became kind of our, our PT, you know, of course, I mean, I would always run and do stuff beforehand to make sure I got the real workout in, but a lot of us were playing racquetball. So me and a friend of mine named Corey, we were both learning. So we were playing against each other quite a bit. And it finally hit me. I was like, dude, we need to not just play each other. We need to play other people as well, because we're not going to learn. Yep. You know, exactly. neither, you know, neither one of us are going to get as good as what we could get. Yeah. You know, because we're going to learn each other's moves and how to defend each other. But as soon as we play somebody else, we're going to get smoked. Yep. You know, yep. so we need to learn how to play the game, not just one particular set. And it's almost like, oh God, once again, man, WWE, they're falling into some of the same traps that WCW did even before the NWO. Because have you heard Cornette talk about uh, Mark Merrow? Yes. And he went through the power plant. He was a WCW homegrown product. Yeah. Um, kind of similar to Goldberg, except for he didn't have, you know, he wasn't Goldberg. He was Johnny B. Bad. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, when I found out he was actually white, I was kind of surprised, <laughs> you yeah, know, because he had, <laughs> I was like, oh, my, how many, how many, how much time did he spend in that tan of bed? I mean, because I, I thought he was a black dude. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah, they said, no, he's white. I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> but man, they had me. They had everybody fooled. Yeah. And when the WWF wanted Johnny B. Bad, but of course, they couldn't have Johnny B. Bad. Because yeah. that was the character that was created in WCW. And, yeah. and that's where Jim Cornette said that was a problem. He was taught how to be a character. He was not taught how to wrestle. Mm -hmm. And he could no longer be that character. Yep. And he ended up suffering for it. And, you know, and I think that's actually kind of a, a sad story in wrestling. What happened to Mark Merrow within the wrestling world anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, the Mark Merrow, the person, is actually, uh, from what I understand, he's one of those that you can't find anybody to say a bad word about him. He's like a super right. nice guy, motivational speaker. Um, and there's I actually have a coworker who used to go to church with him and Rena back, you know, back oh, really? in the day down in Atlanta. Yeah. And of course, that was before Rena decided that her her fame and fortune was more important than anything else. 
Yeah. But, but yeah, but he was not taught, you know, everything with wrestling, which I didn't think he was bad in WCW because he did some moves. I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. You know? He was always a good athlete, but you could tell he was never taught the fundamentals. Right. And like you like you were saying with the character, once he was not able to do that character, I don't feel like his career ever recovered. I mean, he was, you know, he came in with Sable as a wild man, Mark Marrow. He did win the Intercontinental title, but that's as high as he ever got. And then Attitude Era came in. He kind of floundered to the mid-card after losing the title. And then you know, really his biggest claim to fame besides winning the Intercontinental title was losing to Steve Austin in the finals in the King of the Ring tournament because he was in the semifinals with Steve Austin. Yes, and he, well, he busted Steve Austin's lip and had to go stitches. Yeah, he had had 16 stitches in his mouth. But, I mean, that's when your biggest claim to fame is you were the stepping stone for the biggest star in the history of wrestling. It kind of tells you. Yep, because Austin, after that one, then he had to go get stitches and he had to come back and fight Jake Roberts. But, um, well, I think his other kind of claim to fame or infamous, or claim to infamy, and a sad thing, is he's known more as being Reno Marrow's ex-husband. Yeah, he's more, yeah, he's known more as being Sable's ex-husband than he is on his own merit. And, I mean, he wasn't a bad wrestler, but like I said, they didn't do him any service by pushing the character over the athlete. And, yeah, the sad thing is they still could have pushed the same character, just not call him Johnny B. Bad. He could have been something totally different. Or when they were in the Attitude Era and they were doing more realistic stuff and not the goofy characters, when he played up, his boxing background, they could have went with that and built something with that. I mean, the dude's a legitimate Golden Gloves fighter. Yeah. So why not build that up? You've got a ready-made, you've got a ready-made gimmick, so to speak, right there. Just go with it. But it's like they they were too busy feeding him the sable to get her over than yeah. worrying about his career. Yeah, because apparently you had Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon who were just lusting after Sable. Look at her. Look at her. Yep. And it's like, wait a minute. Put the spotlight on her, and they just stopped caring about Mark Merrill. Yeah, the whole thing was Sable. Their focus on her, actually, I think, also did a lot more damage than what it did good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, but they actually, well, they, they had OVW. Well, actually, you know what? They didn't have OVW. OVW was, um, about a year or so off at this point it was almost ready to be uh set up because they had ovw and they had heartland championship wrestling out of cincinnati and they used to wrestle about 20 minutes away from where i live right now oh okay uh, yeah because it says cincinnati but really where they wrestled at was eastgate um at a place they it was a flea market at the time and and okay i just got corrected by somebody is that not eastgate it was batavia <laughs> and but it was it was a flea market it's called the red barn uh the, the the structure the facility is still there but now it's like a soccer it's a big soccer facility because soccer is huge around here but they had they always had a ring set up and i wanted to come down and watch it because i was in dayton at the time i wanted to come out and see that but i just i never could because i mean from dayton it was a pretty long drive you know or right. at least long enough 
but that's where uh, John Moxley that he kind of he went through there as well. Mm-hmm. And but they had OVW, they had they had Heartland Championship Wrestling, which was run by uh, Les Thatcher, and then they had this stuff down in Memphis, and so they had these three places, and then now of course they have NXT, you know, which has been I may focus upon the show, and if they would. I think Vince messed up when they decided, well, we're going to compete with AEW. Thank we're you. Going, you exactly. Know. Because they they created that quote-unquote war because AEW was fine doing their own thing. Yes. WWE saw that, uh-oh, they're, they're about to be competition. You know, they <laughs> knew it from the beginning. They're, with the talent that they brought in at the beginning of AEW, you knew even though they don't want to admit it, you knew WWE was like, we've got to do something because they're going to become competition really quick. So you take NXT, which was doing fine on Tuesday nights on the network. Mm-hmm. It was doing great. You know, a lot of people were watching as they always did. Take it there, put it on live television on Wednesdays, same time slot as um AEW. Yep. They and and they don't want to claim that they just took a page out of Eric Bischoff's book because that's exactly what Eric Bischoff did. They absolutely did. With Raw. You know, he put Nitro right in the same time slot that Raw was in. So and then WWE ends up losing, even though they will not admit that they lost. But that's why they moved back. Actually, NXT was on Thursdays. I take that back, not Tuesdays originally. I'll they were on, I was like, what's on Tuesdays? I was like, yeah, they were on Thursdays on the network. AEW comes along. They put Dynamite on Wednesdays. WWE puts NXT against them. AEW pretty much beats them consistently yeah. in the ratings on Wednesday. Enough to where Vince moves NXT to Tuesday. Tuesday. And I think the thought process was, well, we'll put our show on Tuesday. That way, maybe that'll keep people from watching on Wednesday. It's like, that's not how it works. People are just going to watch NXT on Tuesday and then watch Dynamite on Wednesday. Wrestling fans are, by and large, for the most part, uh, wrestling fans. Yes, not company fans. Not company fans. I mean, you do have some, I mean, you have those. WWE loyalists that you see on Twitter that think they do no wrong, but the majority of the, you know, the majority of the wrestling fans are just that. We are fans of professional wrestling, and it doesn't matter what company the talent works for, we're going to watch it all. Exactly, and I I, I, I would dare say even back at the, the peak days of ECW, when you have, I mean, now they now that company had its its fans. The same ones even now start, you know, you'll hear them ECW, ECW. Yep. But I guarantee you, you know, if they were flipping through channels and some other wrestling was on, they'd watch it. Oh yeah, they'd go all oh, right. Wrestling. Watch. You know, I watched WWE. I watched back, you know, back in the day when it was WWE, uh, WCW, and ECW. I watched all three of them. I watched. I still watch stuff. Like you would still see, like USWA was still going then. I would watch that. I've always been one of those fans that I watched everything. I feel like that's how you grow as a fan, is, and that's how you understand different styles of wrestling is to watch different styles of wrestling. Yes. 
you can't just watch the WWE and think that's the only way to wrestle when there's not. There's so much, there's so much story, you know, New Japan strong style. AEW has that, to me, AEW has that old NWA feel for, you know, the, the way that they book things and the long-term booking. And mm -hmm. we've got this young talent here. We've got Darby Allen and Sting, perfect example. You have an absolute legend in Sting, veteran in the business, you know, paired with Darby Allen, who is a future world champion. That dude is amazing. Yes, absolutely. And he is learning from Sting. That, that's how you grow the business, is you learn from the people before you, not just, oh, well, you, you have the look to be a WrestleMania main event. So we're going to push you along because you look a certain way but you can't you don't have any fundamentals in the ring but that's okay and it makes me wonder what you know actually this is really the subject of the show is what is vince mcmahon trying to accomplish with nxt now i don't it, it doesn't I make mean, any sense it doesn't it really doesn't make any sense we're going to completely revamp nxt because it's not going revamping NXT is not going to make people stop watching Dynamite. It's exactly. not. And you can, do, you can revamp all three of your shows and it's not going to make people stop watching AEW. It's not going to keep your wrestlers that you release or ask to be released from going to AEW. They're going to hit that 90 days and go, okay, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, or NXT I talent is going to hit that 30 day mark and sign with AEW because there is more freedom to be yourself in AEW. You don't have those corporate shackles of oh well you have to look a certain way and you have to you can't say this and you can't use these terms and there's so much control with WWE. That's why a lot of wrestlers prefer to stay on the independent circuit because they can be themselves and they can mm -hmm. wrestle their way without being told, without being micromanaged. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. WWE is so micromanaged with their promos and the way a wrestler is supposed to look and the way they're supposed to walk and talk and just everything. And speaking of micromanagement, and before we totally forget about this, the article that you sent me to me today, this is micromanaging to an nth degree. They're not allowed to say Rick Steiner's son is Rick Steiner's son. The thing is, I knew that was I knew that was Rick Steiner's kid. The, yeah. the second I saw him. You look the, at him. <laughs> that's Rick Steiner's face. I mean, yes. it's right there. That's Rick Steiner's face and Scott Steiner's, Steiner's body. voice. Oh, and Scott Steiner's <laughs> voice too. Your voice too. He started talking. Yeah. I was like, yeah. he sounds like Scott Steiner. He looks like Rick, yeah. sounds like Scott. Yeah, I was waiting for him to give that TNA promo, that TNA math promo that he did, that he did years ago. Uh, but yeah, it's like people know people are going to know who he is. I mean, his name is Bronson. Was it Rick Steiner? Um, right. Well, his, his real name is Bronson Rex Steiner, which is you know their actual last name. Right. Exactly. And, and so now he's now he's Braun Breaker. Breaker. It, so. You know, we just uh. ran his name through 
the you know the 2k name you know name generator and came yeah. up it just sounds like <laughs> a video game name. Either that or it sounds like a Stan Lee uh, villain. Yeah. Ron Brecker. Yeah. And it's like, who is going to buy? And nothing against him because he looks like, mm -hmm. from the clips that I've seen, he looks like an amazing athlete. Of course, from that from that, from that lineage, you would, yeah. th you would think nothing else. But who is going to if you know they like to push merchandise who is buying a t-shirt that says braun breaker i would have a hard time buying you know I, I just i just see the name and i just want to start laughing why didn't they just call say steiner even if they didn't want to say bronson which bronson steiner steiner has a fantastic ring to it but mm -hmm. if they didn't want to do that and just wanted to shorten it to braun then braun steiner what what is wrong with Steiner? But they can't mention Rick Steiner on air. I don't get that. Rick, they they didn't have the problems with Rick. They had the problems with Scott. Yeah, but they don't want to acknowledge because Vince really thinks that nobody watches anything outside that bubble, and he wants people to think these are all all these are all my creations, and they've never been anywhere else, and they have no ties to wrestling. They are my soul creation and it's like i mean you see what happened with curtis axel yeah i mean mike mcgillicuddy hey what two m's stan lee yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a stan lee character exactly <laughs> but i mean he's a hennig his call him hennig. hennig i mean they would not acknowledge that that was kurt hennig's kid and then until they revamped him as Curtis Axel, by then it was too late. And that dude is an amazing wrestler who should have got a better push because yes. when when the rock when the rock reaches out to you to train him for his matches against John Cena, because that's who the rock reached out to to train him when he was coming back to have that, have those matches with John Cena. That should tell you everything you need to know about that guy because The Rock could have picked anybody to train him. Oh, well, think about this. When, because it was Curtis Axel who had the um, the B team. Was that the name of the B team? Yes. Him and... Um, and Bo Dallas. Bo yeah. Dallas, yes. Thank you. Not once did they acknowledge Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt were brothers. Not no. one. They never acknowledge that their dad is Mike Rotunda. They never acknowledge that their uncle is Barry Wyndham or and Kendall Wyndham. Of course, Kendall. You know that their grandfather was Blackjack. Blackjack Mulligan. Not one. Even when Blackjack died, and yes. they of course they were both not there because yeah. they were you know at their granddad's. Uh, they yeah. had to go there be with their family because you cannot expect them to be on the show no. when no. you know their grandparent died, and Just they. They didn't really, they just said, oh, they couldn't make it. Well, yeah. everybody who keeps up with wrestling news knew what happened. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even remember, did they even acknowledge? Yeah, they did acknowledge Blackjack died. They, they acknowledged Blackjack died, but they still didn't acknowledge that those were his grandsons. And, you know, even and how, do you have, how do you have a Wyatt family and not have his brother, his real life brother, in that group and from what i understand the wyatt family he actually kind of started that a little bit 
that he had sown the seeds for in NXT, and they were acknowledging they were brothers then. Yes. And all of a sudden, they, when he moved, they even hinted at wanting Bre- wanting Bo to, especially when Bo turned heel. They were kind of hinting that they, you know, Bray kind of hinted every now and then that he wanted Bo to come into the fold, and then they get to the main roster and nothing. And the Y family is one of the worst misuses. I mean, that they could that was so much potential there. And they the WWE totally blew that one because that was one of my favorite stables of all time. It Me was too. they looked unstoppable, they just dominated everybody. I mean, they dominated John Cena. Yeah. And, I mean what they what they what they're doing with the bloodline and what they did with the shield is what they should have done with the wide family. What they exactly. did what they did with the new day. They should have done. Bray should have been a champion. Even if they didn't want to put the world title on him yet, he should have been either U.S. champion or IC champion. And the other two should have been tag champions. They should have they should have controlled some titles and ran roughshod. Exactly. And and going back to like what I was saying about Bo Dallas Curtis Axel, I still think they should have called themselves Generation 3 because they were both third-generation guys. Yeah. Yep. But – but either way, I really hope NXT does not end up collapsing upon itself with the, all these changes. And because we're looking, I mean, and we're looking on the outside. We're not part of their staff meetings. Right. But we're also seeing some things that are kind of have us alarmed some as fans. And I don't have stock in WWE anymore, so I can't stay as a stockholder. I think, you know, I can't say that anymore because I sold my stock in them a few years ago. Right. Uh, right, right. When the price started dropping, I was like, "Oh crap!" Let me, let me sell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I got to get rid of this quickly. And, but it's not the plans they had for NXT because, like I said, they don't want to say, "Well, we're going head to head," because they started that the night AEW came on on Wednesday night. That was the very first night NXT went went on Wednesday night as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because AEW, of course, they had their their first pay per view, or I think they did. They have one or two pay per views before that. Uh, I think I know they had. Uh, I think they had one because they had All Out, which kind of uh, was the precursor to AEW. Okay. That's right. That was so. That was the very first AEW event. Was All Out. Yeah. And and actually, I kind of was curious about that because I'm like, they have a dude in the Battle Royal that has no legs. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, never seen a wrestler with no legs. Seen a one-legged wrestler, but never yeah. seen a guy with no legs. But then they had all of a sudden all the the surprise appearances. Jericho came out there. Bret Hart came out there. I mean, he didn't yep. wrestle, but he still appeared. Yeah. Uh, did Chavo come out that night, or is it a little bit later? I think he came out that night. Yeah, Chavo. Vicky, Vicky eventually came out at some point, yep. but. Yeah, because Ray wrestled on on that uh, the inaugural All Out. Ray Mysterio was on there, and yeah, Chavo and Vicky ended up coming out. Ah, there we go. And so they proved themselves the very first night. Look, we can get people because Cody yep. Rhodes. I mean, is he? I think Cody. He had started. If I, I may I may be incorrect about this, but when he was in Ring of Honor before AEW started. He yeah. kind of he started with the booking over there. He was helping with that. He was getting that experience. Yeah. They have a lot of respect for him. Of course, I mean he's Dusty Rhodes' kid, and of course, actually Goldust also. You know, well, yeah. Dust, Dustin also, yeah. which that one really wasn't a surprise. You knew he was going to go wherever oh, yeah. he was. You know, 
and they showed from the very beginning, look, they're legit competition. Yeah. And Vince, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so somebody said, we need to put AEW, or, or, or we need to put NXT against them. NXT was still a developmental territory. Mm-hmm. It was never going to beat the, if you, if you just, if they were going to head to head, it was never going to beat the company that has all these superstars. I mean, legitimate superstars, you know, like your Jericho's, like your Cody's right. and, and the like. And so that was a huge mistake on their part. And so now they've kind of scaled NXT back, but they still put it on TV every week, you know, on Tuesdays. And they don't want to admit defeat on that one. They should have just put it back on the network and yeah. have it still be developmental because it, it's well, making the them- thing was, it was even when it was, you know, a developmental, it still had, you still had some of the absolute best talent in all of yeah. wrestling in NXT putting on classic matches all the time. They should have just left it alone. It's, yep. It wasn't broke. Don't fix it. Now we've splashed this bright, bright colored paint. We put this fresh coat of brightly colored paint on it. I guess to capture people's attention, but people, they already had people's attention. Mm-hmm. There was no need to do this re, this 2.0 thing, which I hope they're not calling it that continuously because that, <laughs> that got annoying really quick on the broadcast. Yeah. And I think one of the things which separated NXT, why it was so good, even if it was a developmental cause, and, and the, you know, the guys on there, a lot of them are green because they are still learning. Mm-hmm. They still had that fire. They still have that passion. That's why the matches have been so good. If they want to talk about how you're going to fix the company, you take that same fire and passion. You tell the guys and girls in Raw and SmackDown, you better wrestle with the same intensity that you had a year ago when you were down at the Performance Center. Yeah. You know what? And don't tell me just because of the traveling, because some of them still do have that fire and desire. Yeah. But some of them got up there. It's like, whoop, show's over. And it's almost like they're phoning it in sometimes. And, and I don't know a lot of the stuff is the nature of the beast. It's kind of become cookie cutter because people want to see the same moves um, that they see on TV. When I'm live, I want to see them do that live. Yeah. And, I, and so that's also kind of hurting them, but they said they need to work on that to say, okay, don't treat it like it's a circus. Right. And so yep. take, take the stuff you're doing in NXT. Now translate that to the main roster and you could do it, with, like I said, with the same intensity that you were doing it before. The guys in AEW, because now their morale is so high, so now you have all the talent, they're superstars, and they have good morale. Yes. That's why they beat NXT, because they yeah, couldn't... They have the perfect mix. Of, and, like, AEW has its own territory system, because you have... Now you have two shows on TV a week, and you have two YouTube shows. And these are shows where the younger talent gets that in-ring experience against experienced talent. And then there are some shows where you have, you know, an inexperienced talent against another one, just so they can kind of get that, get their feet under them and get some experience with being in the ring with another wrestler. But there's opportunity. There's so much opportunity for growth with these wrestlers at AEW, because I feel like they have a perfect blend of, established stars with legitimate wrestling credibility, not just 
not just big names, but these guys can still go in the ring. And you have younger talent who can learn from these guys the right way. Because I feel like you have so many different styles of wrestling in AEW. That's where people should be learning because then you're, you're more of a well-rounded professional wrestler. But if you get these people that are green going to NXT, learning the WWE way, they ever get released. They don't know any other way to wrestle. They're basically going to have to start from scratch to learn how to truly wrestle. Because like you said, over here, it's like you're a circus performer. No, no offense to any wrestler in WWE, but the way that they produce things, they're more worried about the entertainment part of it, the performance part of it, than they are the actual wrestling. And the independent scene and AEW and Ring of Honor and companies like that are more concerned about the wrestling. Exactly. And I think if they were to start focusing on that more than NXT instead of now trying to turn it into SmackDown and Raw Light. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Because that's what they're doing. Yep. Yep. And I don't know, dude, if the, I, unfortunately, and before we wrap up, I mean, I just got to say, I could very well see NXT collapsing upon itself within a year if they continue on the path that's going and AEW continues on the path that's going. Yep. Because I feel like, yeah. I feel like if they, if they don't stop and take a real look at what they're doing, they're going to end up with another ECW on their hands, not the original ECW, but their version of ECW, which, which ended up collapsing on itself because they took everything that was good about it at the beginning they just got to the point where they just gutted it, sent people to Raw and SmackDown. They used it as a feeder system for Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. and it ended up, you know, Sci-Fi ended up canceling it because they it just wasn't doing any good anymore. And I feel like NXT is going to be the same way, it, especially since it's not on the network anymore and it's under control of NBC Universal since it's on USA Network. I feel like that if they're not getting because they're not happy because they said the they basically said this is not what we paid for. Exactly. They paid for it 2014 to you know early 2021 NXT. They didn't pay for, like you said, Raw or SmackDown Light. Yep. So I mean we'll see how it goes, but I I don't think it's a good start. Nope. And well We'll also watch uh, AEW tomorrow night, and uh, I'm hoping to catch an indie show this Saturday. There's, there's there's indie shows every single weekend for about the next month, at least the next month and a half here. Oh wow! Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> most of them are NWF. I'll admit, um, but the one this coming Saturday is not NWF, and uh, we've already discussed. We'll actually be recording Sunday, and probably still drop the episode on Tuesday. We're going we're going to be recording Sunday. Because I'm going to go see Megadeth on Monday. So I'm taking my son to go see Megadeth. And I think it'll be a pretty good time. And I've been wanting to see Megadeth for a very long time. And I was actually fortunate enough to get free tickets. You That's know, awesome. Yep. So they don't play no more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, well, I actually looked at a set list uh, today uh, of them. 
and Lamb of God and Trivium and Hatebreed because there's actually four bands playing. Oh, wow. Dude, it starts at six o'clock. They, they open the gates at four. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a half day off of work just so I can, you know, yeah. get there, uh, get my son off the bus. And as soon as he gets off the bus, we're, we're going to go. But I've seen the set list. And yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy's not on there, unfortunately. I love that. I like their version. Because remember, it was on the Shocker soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I love uh, Alice Cooper's version, but they I thought they did a good cover. I bought, I gave a mutual friend of ours, Alan, I gave him the Shocker soundtrack on tape for his birthday uh, the one year. And that was actually, that was the first time I'd heard that song was, um, mm -hmm. you know, off that soundtrack. And for some reason, I remember the first time I heard Alice Cooper's version, I believe I was riding with you and another mutual friend of ours named Julie. And, and, her, right. yeah. and her car, I think it was your tape, but you know, her car had yeah. a tape deck. So yeah. it's some of the weird crap we remember. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't remember if I brushed my teeth this morning, but I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I will definitely be talking to you before Sunday so we can figure out what we're going to talk about on Sunday with all the, all the moving parts. And if anybody wants to know why we don't have it, it planned set in stone, because right now wrestling is changing at a very rapid rate. There's always news happening. Yes, every, every day there's something new. Yeah. And, and we just kind of let, let the wrestling industry dictate, you know, where our topics go. Yes. And... With and also, uh, we were fortunate to have the interview with Matt Stockdale this past Monday because we us talk about NXT. We were going to do it Monday, but then we ended up um, having the interview with Matt because we're like, you know what, we're gonna we're not gonna miss the opportunity to have that. Absolutely. interview. And I'm very glad we did the interview with him because I could see us interviewing him multiple times in the yep. future. Yep. And it also worked out for the better because we were going to be talking about NXT before the debut of nxt 2.0 so we actually would have probably ended up having the same show well we talked about it now let's talk about it again yeah and now yeah. you know so now we it was a good thing we didn't talk about it then because we would have missed everything that happened the very next night but like i was saying as moving as wrestling moves along while we were having that interview of course we missed an actual good raw episode we missed biggie winning the wwe title we yeah. missed apparently a botch um some kind of weird botch in the tamina nikki ash yes match. um it wasn't tamina, there it was kicked, weird tamina kicked out because tamina was supposed to beat nikki ash tamina kicked out but the referee kept counting three because he didn't see her show he didn't see her shoulder go up okay. so he counted three but the ring announcer announced Tamina as the winner, even though Nikki, Nikki Ash got the pin. The whole thing was just a giant. And, and they already had Tamina's music queued up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they Tamina, just didn't play. Yeah, Tamina's music hit. They announced her as the winner, even though everybody saw Nikki, Nikki Ash get three count. And then, so they kind of, Tamina jumped her from behind and kind of, you know, try to salvage the segment. But yeah, that the it was the referee's fault. It, he botched it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we missed that because everything's happened at such rapid rate. And when we get a chance to interview somebody, we usually jump on that. Yeah. We did. yeah. Uh, just like I have an interview set up next week um, 
with somebody who actually contacted me through Facebook, through Matt, actually, to do an interview. Right. And that's going to be next week. It's not going to be on the show that's going to be dropping Tuesday morning because, uh, we're like I said, we're recording that Sunday. But either way, I mean, we're, we're starting to get people coming to us, which is a good thing. And so we are yeah. having to kind of react with that. And so we have to be ready for just about anything. You know, but yeah, since, you know, we always say great minds think alike, and then so do we, we always know that we will be able to come up with something. Yeah. And we not, yeah, we always do. Um, and until we figure out what to come up, up with, my friend, I will definitely be chatting with you. All right. All right. God, All right. God bless. Man. God bless you.